Psalm chapter 1. We start a, a totally different message than we've been on for the last few Sundays. I want to talk today about the blessed man, the blessed life, the blessed woman, the blessed man, the blessed life. Let's say it that way. And I want to read first the entire psalm. There's only six verses. It won't take but a moment. Uh, from the King James, and then I also then want to come back and read it from the Amplified. And so I think it's going to be good for us to hear from both, both translations. This first time will be the one that you're probably most familiar with hearing. So are you ready? Let's read. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Now that was the King James. Let's read now from the Amplified. Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable. Now can you see why we wanted to read from this one? Aren't you glad for that amplification of that word? Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans, and purposes, nor stands submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to rest and, or to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. But his delight and desire are in the law of the Lord, and on his law, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God, he habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and by night. And he shall be like a tree, firmly planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth his fruit in its season. His leaf also shall not fade or wither, and everything he does shall prosper and come to maturity. Not so the wicked, those disobedient and living without God are not so. But they are like the chaff, worthless, dead, without substance, which the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked, those disobedient and living without God, shall not stand justified in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, those who are upright and in right standing with God. For the Lord knows and is fully acquainted with the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly, those living outside God's will, shall perish, end in ruin, and come to naught. Let's bow a moment in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, we approach you this morning and we magnify and glorify and honor you. And Lord, we know that one of the ways we show honor to you is by showing honor to your word, by listening to what you say. So I ask you to speak, Lord, 
for your servants will hear. I ask for that utterance in the Holy Ghost. And that actually, as Paul spoke, a door of utterance will open for us today. That new revelation will come. New light will come. More and further insight into what you're saying to us this morning. I thank you, Lord, that you have intended for us to live a blessed life. I thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us, as you say in your word, with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And we honor you and praise you for this today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Some of you will remember, because you were here and uh, you took hold of it, a word that the Lord gave us toward the end of last year, 2022, that this year, 2023, would be a year of breakthroughs and blessings. Now, I am not at liberty to get up here and tell you all the stuff about everybody's business that I tend to come to know as a pastor. But I can tell you this much as a general statement. That, that word is coming to pass for people in this church. It absolutely is. And uh, we, we are seeing the best year ever. This has just been a marvelous, marvelous time. And this is a great place to be because the same anointing for blessing and increase that is upon this ministry is upon those who connect with us. And, of course, that word was for those who connect with us. Whether you connect online, you connect with your giving, however it may be, I encourage you, don't forget to believe God for this as the year progresses. We're a little over halfway through, so there's a good bit of time for God to do some marvelous things for every one of us. Our best days are still ahead. I want to say that again. Our best days are still ahead. We're not over and through, washed up, and it's all done. No, no, no. The best days are still ahead. So we want to talk a little bit about the blessing. I know that I did that in the early part of uh, January. I talked a week or two about uh, the blessing. But uh, the Lord stirred me that I need to get back into this, look at it a little more deeply, and go into it a little uh, in, more in depth. And so that's what we're going to do. I'm not thinking probably we'll finish today, but we'll make a good start. Is that all right? Amen. The blessing in Bible terminology is simply the empowerment that God gives to man to prosper in every area of your life. That's what the blessing is. It's the empowerment by God to prosper in your spiritual nature, your spiritual aspect, your soulish nature, the mind, will, emotions, and so forth, in your body, your health, it also is something that will affect your relationships. And you can see that for sure in Deuteronomy 28 where the blessing and the curse is contrasted in Moses' last message to Israel there, Deuteronomy 28. You'll see that the blessing affects your relationships. And then also another thing that's very evident, particularly in that passage, is that the blessing of God affects us materially. So whether we're talking about spiritually, soulishly, physically, relationally, or materially, 
the empowerment of God to prosper is something that God weaves through all of those different areas of our life. How does the uh, blessing come? Well, we see it right in the first chapter of the book of Genesis. Could we turn there for just a moment? In Genesis chapter 1, right in the beginning, after God had made all the earth stuff, all the animals and so on, we, he gets down to the consummate end of this, the crowning of the creation, and he's ready to make man. So God had been speaking, and one of the neat things about the first chapter of Genesis is, is to go through and just simply look at how many times it says, and God said, and then look for the phrase, and God saw. And God said, and God saw. So we know that saying precedes sight, or we might say it this way, sound precedes sight. And so God's going to say something about man. And when I say man, I mean mankind. I'm talking about both men and women, because that's how God would have meant it. He says, uh, and God said, verse 26, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. So this is authority. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over, over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Now that's what God said prior to creating man as a living soul. Verse 27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. So only two sexes, male and female, that's what God says. So if you want to argue about that, you'll have to talk to God. I'm just reporting what he said. Verse 28, and God what? Blessed them. And God said. Notice the blessing was carried in the words and on the, the wings, if you will, of the word of God. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed which is upon the face of the earth, and so on and so forth. <coughs> what I want you to see is two things here in, in particular. One is that the empowerment that we call the blessing comes through God's spoken word over us and to us. The blessing comes from God's spoken word to us and God's spoken word over us. And then I would add this, it also, <coughs> excuse me, it also manifests as God's word flows through us. Here's some water I'm going to have to to get this. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Something about getting a bottle of water. <clears throat> Usually I never have to do it again. <laughs> so I want to get back to what I was saying. God's word to us, God's word over us, <clears throat> and God's word through us. That's how the blessing, the empowerment to prosper in all areas of life, comes. 
Second thing I want you to see in this passage is that God's pronouncement of blessing was among the first words that Adam ever heard spoken. Now think about it. He'd just been created. And God began to speak. He'd already been speaking, but Adam wasn't here yet for all of the others. Now Adam's here, and so some of the first words that he hears God say are words of blessing. What that says to me is that our blessing is on God's mind. Thank you for your enthusiasm. I said, our blessing is on God's mind. God's word in your mouth releases its power, the power of the blessing, into your life today, right now. And so this blessing thing is so powerful that in the early days of man's history, people put such value on the speaking of blessing that actually in the case you remember of Jacob and Esau... Jacob deceived his father in order to get that pronouncement. Now his mother, Rebecca, and Jacob both realized that this was a very dangerous thing to do. Number one, they didn't want Isaac to find out before he spoke the blessing because that would have been very, very disastrous for Jacob. And secondly, they knew that Jacob's brother Esau was not going to be pleased. As a matter of fact, Jacob ran and was gone for years for fear of his life. The blessing was so powerful, so expansive, that a man would risk his life to get it. And so, you know, when today we talk about the blessing, we talk about it, we sing about it, it's in our songs, it's in church conversation, it's in Christian conversation. Many times, I mean, even people, you know, when you sneeze, they say, bless you, which is fine. But the thing that I want you to see is, it is not just a saying. It's not just a warm, well-wish. The blessing has power. The blessing actually releases supernatural, godly power into the lives of those who are so blessed that they are able to see this power manifest in their spiritual life, in their mental health, their intellectual capabilities, in their physical health and strength, in their material financial realm and wherever they're living, whatever they're doing, and even in their relationships, their marriages, their families, and so on. This is something worth knowing about, and it's something worth taking advantage of. And I'm glad to report to you today, it is available to us. Thank God for the blessing. Now, the blessing is the default condition of the kingdom of God. I said the blessing is the default condition of the kingdom of God. Anything less is an abnormality in the mind of God. For a believer, a born-again Christian, to live outside the blessing is to live outside normal, what God calls normal Christianity. Because the blessing is the default condition of the kingdom of God. Now, let me say this. The curse is the default condition of the fallen world and the kingdom of darkness. 
So you have these two things going on at the same time right now. And that is there is a blessing for those who will receive it. And of course there is a curse upon all those who don't receive it. The blessing is the default condition of the kingdom of God in spite of that which the devil might do. But the curse is the default condition of the fallen world and the kingdom of darkness. The blessing functions independently of the curse. Now that may sound like just a, a, a little general statement that's not so important, but the blessing functions independently of the curse. What do I mean by that? I mean that I can be blessed no matter what's going on in the world. No matter what interest rates do, no matter what inflation is, no matter who's in power in governmental places, no matter what's going on in the earth, no matter what the news headlines say, I am blessed. God has always brought his people through times of war, through times of famine, through times of pestilence, through times of social and military and governmental upheavals. God has brought his people through and brought them out of some of the most dire and ungodly situations that you can imagine and recorded many of those instances for us to be able to understand that no matter where you find yourself on this day, God's blessing is big enough and powerful enough to take you through this situation, out of this situation, and bring you out on top as somebody blessed by God. And you know, it's not my job to figure all the details out about how that's going to happen. It's simply my job to continue my faith in that blessing and then continue with my obedience to act on that word. Whatever he tells me to do, the blessing is something that comes from him and he is well able to bring it to pass. The blessing functions independently of the curse. As a matter of fact, it's so powerful that Satan cannot stop it. If you have a chance this week to read in Numbers chapter 23 and 24, you read a very interesting story in the Old Testament about Israel as they were traveling through the wilderness on their way to the promised land. You know, it took 40 years. So a lot of things happened along the way. But in this particular part of the Bible, what you find is that there was a king named Balak. He absolutely was extremely intimidated that Israel had come out of Egypt and they were moving in this direction. He hated that idea. He didn't want anything to do with that. He, he wanted them to be stopped somehow, some way. And so in ancient times, of course, even unbelievers were, were more aware at times than of spiritual things than sometimes some dear Christians seem to be today. And he was aware that there was power in the unseen realm, power in the spiritual realm. And so what he did, he went and found him a preacher that was money hungry. <clears throat> That's not hard to do. But anyway, he went and found him a preacher that was money hungry by the name of Balaam. And he proceeded to enter into an agreement with Balaam that he would pay Balaam money to curse Israel. Well, I'm not going to go through a lot of the details of it, but you can read it. It's quite an interesting story. All, you know, that's where the, where the donkey talked. And Balaam started, you know, beating on the donkey, you know, after the donkey had, didn't want to go because there was an angel in the way. And the donkey took Balaam over into this wall and, 
And, uh, was, you know, he it evidently hurt Balaam, and so he got all angry, and he started beating the donkey, and the donkey, you know, I'm paraphrasing. I guess you can paraphrase the donkey. I was paraphrasing. Uh, the donkey said, why are you beating me for? I've served you all these years. And he said, I'm not beating you because of well, the good things you've done. In other words, it was a, it's just very comical, really. Comical story. And uh, the point is, Balaam finally made it, and Balak kept trying taking him here and there, trying to get this done, and Balaam could not. And I'm paraphrasing Balaam now, but he basically said, I cannot curse that which God has blessed. And so if you're blessed, you cannot be cursed. Are you hearing me this morning? If you're blessed, you cannot be cursed. You do not have to be afraid of a curse. You don't have to read Deuteronomy 28 from about verse 14 on and think all of that curse stuff is going to come on me. I'm afraid of it. I wonder if I can escape it. No, that's not yours. It doesn't belong to you. But the blessing operates as we walk by faith, not by sight, as we expect it, as we allow that word of blessing to come out of our own mouth. And so the, the blessing is so powerful that Satan cannot stop it. That's where sometimes, you know, we get excited around here and make a lot of noise, and I'll, I'll uh, make this statement, the shout of a king is among us. Well, I get that from this passage that I'm talking about in Numbers because that's what Balaam told Balak. In other words, I can't curse these people. You know, and, and we would say today, listen, because they were up on top of a mountain. Israel was down in the valley. He said, the shout of a king is among them. Aren't you glad this morning the shout of a king is among us? I think we ought to just make the devil mad, crucify our flesh, and shout a little bit right now. Hallelujah! The shout of a king is among us. <laughs> oh, praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're the healer, deliverer, the satisfier. You're the God who's more than enough. Hallelujah. The shout of a king is among us. We are blessed. We are blessed. I am blessed. Hallelujah. I'm blessed. Hallelujah. I'm blessed. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, thank God. And Satan cannot curse that those who God has blessed. Amen. The blessing is so powerful that those who bless the blessed are blessed themselves. I'm going to say that again. It's almost like a tongue twister, but you really, you really want to get this. The blessing is so powerful that those who bless the blessed are blessed themselves. And those who curse the blessed are cursed themselves. You find that in Genesis chapter 12 and verse number 3. Since I'm in Genesis, I'll just quickly read it to you. This is what God said about this. He says, And I will bless them that bless these, talking to Abraham, and don't we know that according to Galatians 3, 13 and 14, the blessing of Abraham is ours. And according to Galatians 3, 29, we are the spiritual seed of Abraham by faith in Christ Jesus. He says, and I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Amen. So the blessing is so powerful that those who bless the blessed 
are themselves blessed. And those who curse the blessed are cursed themselves. Now, we come back to Psalm 1. And the first word is blessed or blessed. And in Hebrew, that is plural. Plural. So actually, it means blessings. Plural. You know, it's amazing how that God can do marvelous things for people that they testify about, and rightfully so, we should, maybe for years afterward. And that's a good thing. But God doesn't want you to always have to pull out a 25-year-old testimony. God wants to do some stuff today. Blessings, plural. God wants you to be blessed. In Genesis chapter 2 and verse 10, we won't turn to this one, but you can find it. The scripture there speaks as God is explaining, as the word really gives us this information <coughs> about the early creation and the Garden of Eden and so forth. It talks about a river that came forth and split into four heads, it's called in the Old King James. In other words, four different streams. And it's interesting that with one of the streams, it mentions that that's where gold is. And so these are streams of blessings. And the reason this is important for us today to, to not forget is that we don't have to limit ourselves and we don't have to limit God to just one way, one avenue, one method of blessing us. Streams, plural. So, you know, you may have a wonderful job, a great job that pays well and all of that, and that's all good, and we're glad. We want that. But don't ever limit God to just your job. Don't limit God to just, you know, uh, whatever kind of situation you're in, materially, financially, or whatever. God has streams, multiple streams of blessings. Amen. And uh, I, I'm not telling you to go on some get-rich-quick scheme, crazy type of thing. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about pyramid schemes. I'm not talking about foolishness. But I mean, be open and listening for the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you. You know, he, he may just tell you uh, something you need to buy. And he may not tell you exactly how it's all going to work out and why he's telling you all that. He just may tell you about it. I'm thinking about a man that I remember. He's gone to be with the Lord. He was on the board of uh, trustees, board of directors for uh, Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry for a number of years. And he was from the Cincinnati, Ohio area. His name was Blaine Ambergy. And if anybody's familiar with Cincinnati, you may be familiar with the Ambergy name. He had a brother named Cash, K-A-S-H, who was a preacher. Isn't that a wonderful name for a preacher? <laughs> Pastor Cash. Anyway, Cash was in the furniture business, and he, his slogan was, save cash with cash. <laughs> anyway, his brother Blaine was on Brother Hagin's board. Many, many years ago, he was driving in his home area, and he was driving along the highway, and the Lord told him, buy a piece of property that was for sale right by the interstate. He didn't know why. He didn't know all the details. He just knew the Lord told him to buy it. And he was a businessman himself, and so he did make arrangements to buy the property. 
It was later that he found out that on the other side of the interstate was a proposal to build a theme park called King's Island. And if anybody's been to King's Dominion and north of Richmond, then you can, it's the same type of deal. So his piece of property was where a hotel was built. He made a great profit. You say, well, that's, see, that's one idea. One Holy Ghost idea. That's the blessing. That is the blessing. That was just a stream for him. Now, I don't know what your streams are, but I want to encourage you today, quit thinking small. Don't let the government or any business, corporation, or any person set or fix your income. You don't have to live with your income fixed by somebody else, especially by a government or by anybody else. I would advise you to quit using the term fixed income. You hear people say that all the time, I'm on a fixed income. You want to be a smart aleck and ask, who fixed it? (laughs) Who have you let fix your income? Amen? Streams of blessings. We're talking about the blessing. This is why I knew we, or I figured we wouldn't get done today because we get off onto these side roads, but they're important for us. Because there are people here today, there are streams that will open up for you. If you'll pray in tongues, if you'll fellowship with God, if you'll get away from the screens long enough and from uh, uh, motor mouths long enough to get quiet before God and pray in the Spirit and listen to God, there are things He'll tell you and things He'll show you that will absolutely open up streams for you and your life can be so changed that just in a few short years, you'll almost not know yourself. You'll have to pinch yourself. Is this really me? And he'll take you so far from where you started that it's unimaginable. And you'll never have to go again with hat in hand trying to borrow from somebody to just make some ends meet. You'll never again be worried about how I'm going to pay for the tires on the car or how I'm going to be able to pay the taxes or how I'm going to be able to do this or that or the other. Our God is bigger than any need you may have. And I want to say this as well because I feel prompted of the Holy Ghost to say this today. You might be here today and you may have made some mistakes. Who hasn't? Join the club. We're all in it. You may have made some financial mistakes. You might have uh, put some money in the wrong place. You may have bought something you shouldn't have bought or bought it at the wrong time or whatever it may be. I want to tell you that God's blessing is so powerful that he can even bring you out of the mess you might have made and put you on a place where you'll look back at that and say, I won't do that again. But thank God he brought me out. Thank God he brought me out. I'm not talking about going crazy and spending everything your little, uh, you know, buying everything your little beady eyes sees and, you know, living at uh, Walmart or living on QVC or, or, you know, making Amazon your best friend and, and, you know, you got a box coming every day and pretty soon you're broke. I'm not talking about stupidity, but I mean God can absolutely fix stuff if you walk with him. Hallelujah! Blessed, he said, and the Amplified renders that word, and I love this, blessed, which means happy. Happy. How many happy people in this house today? Hallelujah. You know, several years ago, there was a real catchy little tune called Happy by a guy named uh, Pharrell Williams. 
I checked on that the other day. Just on YouTube alone, it has had over 1.1 billion views. You're talking about a stream. How would you like to have wrote that song? You'd like to have written that song. You could have retired just on the royalties. It's amazing. Why was that song so popular? Well, it was very catchy. It appealed to kids and older people as well. But I believe that underneath all that, uh, you know, all the noise and all the music and all the fun and all the dancing and jumping around, little kids did and all the rest, I think there is something inside of people we want to be happy. Whether you're old or whether you're young, whether you're educated or uneducated, no matter where you came from, no matter what's going on in your life, we want to be happy. And I think one of the, really, the reason we want to be happy is because God did not create us for sorrow. You were not created for sadness. There are certain things in the human condition of a fallen world that no matter how many centuries passed and no matter how much we study and, and no matter how people can uh, weave words together to make them sound good, they're just some things we never get used to and we never like. For instance, death. Losing someone we love to death. We don't, we don't lose them if they know the Lord. We know where they are. It's not like they're lost. We don't know where they are, but they're not with us anymore. Or, you know, uh, many things can cause sadness. We weren't created for sadness. We were created to be a joyous and happy people. But here's the thing about happiness. You never find it by searching for it. Nobody gets happy because they go looking for happiness. You only have happiness when you are pursuing something worthwhile. You're not going to find happiness because you look for happiness. You will find happiness according to the Psalms, according to the first chapter of Psalms, as you will seek the Lord. That's happiness. It's when you're so busy obeying God, you're so, you're so busy pursuing the things of God, you become happy. I've never, I've never needed uh, uh, in my lifetime to ever have a prescription for antidepressants. And I, I'm not fussing at anybody that's ever been in trouble because I know sometimes people can get in some very bad conditions. But one thing I know is that as I have pursued the things of God, the more I pursued the things of God, and of course resist opportunities to be depressed. When sorrow and gloom tries to settle in, I've learned that you open your mouth and you speak the Word of God. I've learned that you begin to praise the Lord. You know, I got up this morning, and to be honest with you, the easiest thing in the world this morning would have been able just to roll over and stay there for an indefinite period of time. It was just one of those mornings. I think that I probably ate too much junk yesterday evening. But that's another story for another day. Uh, but anyway, I really, you know, so I got myself up. And I, I made a cup of coffee. And I got in my chair where I like to pray and meditate and seek the Lord in the mornings. 
And I looked out the windows, and it was gloomy and cloudy and all the rest. And I tell you, it was just a hard thing to get through. And I knew I got to open my mouth. So I started, did you say, Pastor, did you feel like it? Why, no. No more than you did. You just have to make yourself. And then a few minutes later, here comes a message from my dear nephew, Jeremy. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, telling us that, the, the, uh, that 460 is blocked, can't get through. And I'm thinking, well, this throws everything out the window because I have my Sunday mornings down to five minutes. <laughs> I mean, I've got it down. I mean, I, I've got my clothes ready the night before. I've got my socks out the night before. I'm ready. I know how long it takes to, to, to shave. I mean, you know, I don't want to come looking like a hippie, so I even cut my hair yesterday, and, and I, I, I have it all ready to go. And so sometimes when I'm pulling in, you know, uh, before I even get stopped, I'll push the send button to Nick. I'm here, and we're ready to go because we start here at 9 o'clock, not 9.05, not 9.10, not 9.15, not 9.30, but 9 o'clock. We have a really dedicated praise team. These folks are marvelous people. I think we ought to give them a hand. Just say thank you. You don't realize all they go through. And, uh, you know, a number of times, not only did they do that on Sunday morning, but then Monday evening they're here while you're kicked back watching Jeopardy. Nick's chastising us about how we're not on key. And, oh, the timing's wrong and we need to get this fixed and that fixed. I mean, that's the way it goes. Uh, anyway, and so I'm thinking, uh, this is all blown out the window. And I'm going to have to go down Campbell Avenue to Rustburg. And please forgive me if you're from Rustburg. I'm not uh, degrading Rustburg at all, but I don't go to Rustburg unless I have to. Uh, somebody said the Antichrist was over there. No, I don't. I'm kidding. I'm kidding because I've, I've used that line so many times over the years. I don't care if he's in Rustburg. I know he's not over there. <laughs> not even the Antichrist. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I could not pass that by. Please forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. If you knew where I came from, I mean, we didn't even have what Rustburg's got. So I, I, I know what it's like being from a small, small place. Anyway, but I knew I'd have to go down. I'd have to see him. We're going to go by. We're going to get Nick, and we're going to go down to Rustburg, and then we're going to come back through Concord. And, and so, uh, you know, I, I have a tendency. I'm not a good, um, on the road, I'm not a good follower. So, Michael, I apologize. I didn't know that was you in front of me. And I finally, I finally figured it out. <laughs> and I tried to do better. So as he was pulling in in front of Nick and I, I said, yep, that's Michael. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> so all of that's going on. And, and it was conspiring to make me unhappy. <laughs> Because I had no idea, you know, when we can get here, how long it's going to take. I didn't know who was going to be. I mean, we got a bunch of people missing today. Some are on vacation, and I don't know where everybody is, but I'm telling you, it was just one of those mornings. But you know what I found out? You got to open your mouth. You got to sing anyway. You got to confess the word anyway. You got to declare the truth anyway, because the word of God will overcome any 
financial, material, uh, weather-related, earthly-related circumstance you can possibly imagine, the Word of God is more powerful. Thank God. So we can be happy. Amen. Amen. Second word. Man, we're moving slow here. <laughs> we haven't got off the first word of Psalm 1. Blessed. But anyway, <laughs> the, the next part of blessed is fortunate. That's what the Amplified says. And when you uh, define fortunate, what you realize is for, being fortunate is when we receive unexpected good. It's not that we don't expect good to come to us generally. But f being fortunate is when something happens that you didn't plan. You didn't technically make it happen. And here it comes. And when I was looking and I was meditating on this word, I thought of Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. That's the God we serve. A blessed man is receiving above, abundantly above, what he asks or thinks. We need to ask. We need to use our faith. We need to think. Amen. But I'm telling you, you can't think too big for God. And you can't ask too big for God. I want to encourage you, if you are always asking God, please just get me by. Please help me get the bills paid. Please help me just get by. I want to encourage you to get in the Word and dig around in there until your mind begins to come around to the reality that God's bigger than next month's rent. God's bigger than the car payment. God's bigger than the inflation rate that's producing, you know, sky-high grocery prices and gasoline prices and whatever. I noticed as I drove by on my uh, uh, long journey over here today, I noticed, you know, that, that uh, just in the last few days how gas prices have jumped up again. I'm so glad that it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, I'm still going to drive. And I'm going to drive fast, too. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Fortunate, fortunate. And then the next word that's used is prosperous, prosperous. Now, if you want to get in trouble with the church world, use that word. <laughs> One of the favorite pejoratives of a whole segment of the Christian world today is to use the term for churches like ours and people like you, prosperity gospel. You know, it's like you'd think that they, they thought we were axe murderers. <laughs> you know, that we would uh, do anything because after all, we preach and use the word prosperity. We preach sowing and reaping. We preach tithes and offerings. We preach that God will supply all your need, not half of it. Not three-quarters of it, but all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. This verse says that the blessed man will be prosperous. So prosperity is a godly blessing that has always been his will, that's always been God's will for his family. Adam was not in the garden wondering where supper was going to come from. He wasn't in the garden wondering... How am I going to keep Eve happy? I mean, God actually told him where the gold was. 
Some of you will get that on the way home. Deuteronomy 8.18, Moses told the people of Israel, and of course this is a promise to the people of God in general. This is just a fact. This is a principle of the godly kingdom. He said, it is God that gives you the power. That means ability and adaptability. We would say even the anointing. It is God who gives you the ability, the adaptability, the anointing to get or to produce or to make wealth that he may establish his covenant in the earth as it was the day as it is the day it was spoken he was speaking this to israel in that generation before he died and he was saying to them that the future generations will be able to have this same level of blessing and anointing in their day just like it is today when i'm speaking it he gives us the power to get wealth so prosperity is a part of the blessed man's life. And then the last word, this is where we'll close today. So if you guys want to come on up, you're welcome to do so. But the last word that he uses is enviable. Enviable. Now we know that envy is not a godly thing. He's not talking about godly people being envious. He's talking about godly people are so blessed that other people will envy them. Other people will envy them. Now we see a prime example of this in the 26th chapter of the book of Genesis in the 14th verse. After Isaac, in a time of famine, on his own had thought he, will go, that he, thought he would just go down into Egypt and wait the famine out, which is what a lot of people in Palestine would do when great famines came. Go down to Egypt, kind of camp out by the Nile, uh, until the famine's over back up in Palestine, and then they go back up there. And that's what Abraham, his father, had done. And so Isaac had determined to do the same thing, but God stopped him. And God said, don't go into Egypt. And he specifically said, dwell in this land. Well, if you read the context, you know this land was a land of famine. This was a land of drought. This was a land where nobody was getting a harvest, where people's uh, livestock were probably dying for lack of water and lack of food. This was a bad, or at least going to get there, this was a bad situation. And the natural looked so easy to just, let's go to Egypt. But God said, no, you stay here. See, God was going to teach him something. And through the recording of this great time of blessing for Isaac, he teaches us something. And that is we need to be where God tells us to be. Amen. Let me say this, that being in the right church is more important than working the right job. Amen. Being in the right church is more important than going to the right school. Being in the right church is more important than being in what you and I would consider the best neighborhood. If we will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these other things, Jesus said, will be added unto us. We say it in our financial confessions. I say it every day. I hope you would as well. They're on, printed on cards out there. You can get them, download them online. Usually once a month on Sunday. There's one Sunday a month. We all say these together. But the last part of that is, as I'm involved in God's business, as I am, as I am obediently involved in God's business, 
he is involved with mine. And that's just how it is. And so Isaac stayed. And so he did what he would have done if it would have been perfect weather. If there would have been no drought, he sowed in the land of famine. Now, I don't know if you've ever been there, but I know Glenn and I have been there. When we sowed materially, and it didn't look like that was the smartest thing to do. We sowed when it wasn't easy. We sowed when there were other things that it appeared that we needed to do with our money more important in the natural. But we knew that God wanted us to sow. And so what happened to Isaac when he did this? Well, the Bible says he... He reaped in the same year a hundredfold. In the same year. I think it's interesting how the Holy Spirit inspired those words because that means in the year of the famine, he got a hundredfold harvest. Can you imagine? He would have been the only person for miles and miles around that had any harvest. Can you imagine also that when he was doing the sowing and preparation, how many people must have thought he's lost his mind? Maybe I'm describing your last family reunion. <laughs> where people think you've lost your mind. You really go to that church? I mean, people actually literally run around the building sometimes. People shout. I mean... The preacher will even stop his preaching and just have everybody shout. All kinds of strange things that happen in these Pentecostal churches, you know. But I'm so glad for the hundredfold harvest. I think about Nick up here. I'm thinking about a seed that he sowed. Uh, and then, and, and you know, he knows that I know this. And he, he knows, and I've said this before. But it's just a matter of a few weeks, he got a... Hundredfold harvest. It's amazing. And what happens? Isaac was envied. Genesis 26, 14. So we have not reached the level of blessing that God intends for us until somebody wants to know, how are you doing it? Until somebody wants to know, how could you afford it? How do you do that? And when you get there, that's when you can tell people, the blessing of the Lord, it makes rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. No, it's not because we're smart. I know you're smart, but I mean, it's not because you're smart. It's not because you're so clever. It's not because you know somebody that knows somebody that knows a guy that knows a guy. No, it's because of the blessing of the Lord. Amen. So that's why we want to talk about the blessed life. All this we've said today is just from the first word of the first chapter of the book of Psalms. I don't think we'll take this long with every word, but I can tell you there's more good stuff to come, and we're just going to have to stop.